take my coat off and get down to business. Are we ready? How many of you are blessed? Blessed by God, blessed in resources, blessed in ways that uh, you haven't even discovered yet. You, you realize that? We are, we are some of the most blessed people to ever walk the face of the planet. I mean, God has resourced the church in the Western world like no other church in the history of mankind has ever been resourced. The abilities that we have, I mean, just think about it. We're talking about sending teams this, this year to Indonesia. I mean, that's, that's a 23-hour plane flight. But we can do that. You can actually get on a plane today and be anywhere in the world tomorrow. Realize that? I mean, it's phenomenal what God has done and the, and the resources and the abilities that he's given to us. And what I want us to do as we go through this, this second week of this series of sermons, Making Chase, I want us to think about how we manage those resources individually and then congregationally. I think this bears upon us as a, a church family. How we manage our resources in order to honor God. Do you do that? Do you manage the resources that God has given you in a way that honors Him and that makes your life better as a result? See, that's what this is about. I hope that you'll hear me as as I say to you, less really is more. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I shared with you how my father used to say, the more you own, the more owns you. That has stuck in my head. The, the more I own, the more I have to fix, the more I have to worry about, the more I have to paint and clean and whatever else, right? Manage all of that. The, the more, so less is more. A good principle for us to understand is a godly principle. Today, stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow matters. Four concepts I want us to get as we start 2017. I want you to understand them fully as we go into this year and begin to implement these truths into, <coughs> excuse me, your life, my life, our lives together. Stress is bad. Stress is bad. Stress is bad, particularly financial stress. And what I'm talking about within these weeks is, is that stress of debt. That's what I want to talk with you about today. Stress of debt. Talking about debt. I, I don't ever remember hearing anyone say, boy, ever since I got into debt, my marriage has been so much better. You know? I mean, just piled up with debt, massively high interest rates on my credit card. Help my love life. Anybody ever say that to you? Every night, I lay my head on my pillow and thank God for my debts. Thank God for, for being so... De I used to be debt-free once upon a time, but now I am so deep in debt and just praising God for it. Anybody ever say that to you? I've never heard anybody say that to me. But I have heard people say, oh, I'd, I'd sure love to give more. Sure love to help people more, but I just can't afford to. I have heard people say, I wish I could travel. I wish I could really honestly consider a trip to Indonesia with a team to go support our, we're, we're supporting our missionaries through our, our Lottie Moon, giving through our, 
our church tithe, basically what we do is, is send our monies overseas. Um, just like we, we tithe as individuals, as a church we tithe, and we, we send a certain amount of dollars directly into the mission programs and support those missionaries. And I sure would like to go and be able to, to support them with my hands. Sure would like to be able to do that, participate in that, but that costs more than I can afford to do. Sure would like it if one of us could stay home with the kids. I've heard that. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired. Have you heard that? I'm tired of being financially tied. I'm tired of being all tied up all the time. I'm tired of fighting about money all the time. Thus my premise. Financial stress is bad. I know it's, it's hard to talk about. And, and pastors sometimes don't talk about it and, because it's uncomfortable. Because, you know, I'm going to talk about giving in a, in a week. And, and don't I benefit from that? Right? And, and so people think, well, you know, that's a little, a little bit selfish. How, how do we talk about it? It's hard to talk about it. It's hard to talk about stress is bad because we've all made our mistakes. We've all bought that thing, spent that money, done that thing, put it on the credit card, and wish six weeks later that we hadn't done that, right? We've all made those mistakes and, and tried to dig out of it, but we've, we've got to get over that fear of talking about it if we're ever going to get out of debt and find, find freedom, Really, the kind of freedom that I think God wants us to have. Look at the verse. Look at this first verse. This is the verse, the premise that we're going to go on today. It says this in Proverbs 22. The rich rule over the poor. The borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. I mean, this is personal stuff, right? And we really don't want to talk about it too much. And, and it's hard to share. One of the reasons I'd encourage you to be in a small group, because you can share some of those burdens that you're having, even financial burdens, in the safety of a small group. You begin to hear from one another and hear one another's mistakes and share kind of how you moved out of these areas of struggle in your life. I mean, it can be embarrassing, can't it? To talk about how much debt I I have, how much debt load is in my life or in your life, and, and we end up feeling pretty helpless. We, we feel pretty hopeless at times because of debt, because we don't really understand finance, and we're overwhelmed. I'd rather think about anything else than think about this, so I just kind of sink my head in the sand. Hear me, as, as your pastor, what I'm asking these weeks, what I'm challenging you with these, these weeks is, is to take a serious look at this. Just in your own life, as you start 2017, take a serious look because I believe that God has something better for his kids than always being in financial bondage. A slave to the lender. I mean, Jesus doesn't want you to be in bondage. Jesus doesn't want you to be in bondage to anything in this world. He died to set us free. I mean, imagine. Imagine, if you will, that, that, that concept of, of being free, that con concept of getting rid of all of your financial stress. Would that be amazing? Would that be a wonderful place to be? Not in bondage any longer, no longer a slave to the lender. 
mean, something breaks down. Wouldn't it be cool if you just fixed it? You know, no stress. If you can't fix it, you just buy a new one because you have to have it. So, And you do it with cash. Someone needs something. I mean, a real legitimate need in the life of someone that you love. And, and no problem. I can help. Want a week off? Oh, I can't take a week off, you know. I lose all that money. Most Americans, you realize, leave vacation time on the table. Vast majority of Americans can't afford to take a week off because they can't afford to lose those dollars. They would rather take their vacation money, pay, and go to work and get extra. And then if you think about it, and the practical side of this really doesn't get to you, doesn't motivate you to think that this is maybe a good thing, then think about the spiritual side of this. The spiritual side of stress is bad. The spiritual side of financial debt. Didn't Jesus say, whoever is faithful with a little, God will trust with more? Didn't he say something like that? Didn't he say that, that if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much? I'll give you more because you, you've demonstrated, I mean, wisely managing our resources, hear me, is pleasing to God. What I'm saying to you is what you do with what you have really matters to God. Whether it's your, your time or your talent or your spiritual gifts or your financial resource. Because after all, isn't it all his? I mean, we got broke into a few weeks ago here at the church and they didn't really take very much. You know, it was a miserable haul for them. They tore up some doors because the doors were locked. That's about all that really happened. And so we're going to change out those doors. And, you know, we have insurance and insurance takes care of those kinds of things. It does a replacement cost on the doors. And, and when I think about that, I think, well, it's all God's. Isn't it his? And isn't everything you and I possess all his and he's given it to us so that we can live this life to honor him? I want us to manage our resources well enough that what we do with them honors God in all aspects of our life. So I want to talk with you today about the spiritual matters. The spiritual matters to help with physical things because, because hear me, the it's easier to deal with the things of this world the closer I am to my God. The deeper in relationship I am with Him, the more capable I'll find myself managing resources that He's given me and you. So, so let's go. Let's do it this way. Let's say three prayers to pray when getting out of debt. When offloading all of that debt, number one, pray this prayer. God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. Now, now, why is that so important? Look at the verse. Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. So what's the problem with the city without a wall? It's vulnerable, right? City without a wall. I mean, not so much today. We don't have walled cities. But when, when Solomon was writing Proverbs, this was pretty serious stuff. 
And the wall was the, the first line, the most critical line of defense to any, any attacking armies. And so a city without a wall, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to attacks. Your life without self-control is like a city without a wall. It's vulnerable to attacks. Advertisers attack us, don't they? And doesn't the, the gotta have it bug attack you once in a while? Yeah, want it, want it, want it bug. And, and, and it attacks. And, and we're exposed. I mean, a city without a wall is exposed. We, you just feel kind of like you're out there hanging out naked and, and not able to, to do anything about it. Slave, the mercy of. Hear me, the problem, the problem with self-control, the problem that we have, the reason we find ourselves vulnerable so very often is because every single one of us has a two-year-old child inside. Don't you? You ever seen a two-year-old? Some of you might have two-year-olds at home. Ever seen any of our two-year-olds running around here? I was laughing at one of our two-year-olds just a couple weeks ago because, man, oh, man, he was having a fit. I mean, you know, a two-year-old at the grocery store wants a candy bar, and, and if you don't give them the candy bar, what do they do? Wah! You know, they throw a fit, right? If you do give them the candy bar and they see something else they'd rather have, what do they do? They don't want to eat the candy bar they have. They want the other candy bar, and they throw a fit. If they're tired, what do they do? They throw a fit, right? You make them go to bed. If if they're, they're not tired, they want something, they, you know, I mean, it's just constant, right? And we all have that two-year-old child inside, and I want it, and I want it now. What I'm suggesting is that self-control locks up that two-year-old inside of you. To get him or her under control, that's what we're talking about. I mean, ladies, you know, you know, all the little nickel and dime stuff, you go past the the, the, the clearance racks, right? And you got to have that bracelet on clearance because you've been eyeing it for some time. And because you got to have the bracelet, well, then, you know, I mean, the necklace goes with it. And then you, because you have to have, you got the necklace and the bracelet. Now you have to have the outfit that goes along with it. And you're just nickel and dime and nickel and dime. And you sink the ship. Now, guys aren't like that. Guys, they, they blow the ship out of the water all at once. Bought a new boat. Bought a new boat with twin sea dews. And I had to have the truck to pull it with. Maybe we should have a, a lake house, right? Yeah, that's, that's how we go about it. You just blow it completely out of the water. God, give me self-control. God, lock up the, the two-year-old inside of my heart. God, give me self-control. Give me self-control. Give me self-control. Have you ever put a, a spending freeze? I'm going to suggest that you get some self-control. Put a spending freeze on everything this year. I mean, don't buy an appetizer. Don't go out and eat. I mean, until you get yourself out of debt, just put a spending freeze on it. I remember doing a spending freeze one time. And, you know, as a pastor, you have a lot of kids coming to you and asking for you to buy things throughout the school year. And, and they, I don't know, somebody was selling, selling candy. The kids were all selling candy. You know those, jar, or those bars that they sell for $2.50? $2.50. And the only problem with any spending freeze we've ever had is that my wife is, is too merciful. And, and this little kid, he came just as cute as a bug with those candy bars. And, and I could see her melting. 
and I, I knew that this was not going to go well. And I said, honey, you know, we're in our spending freeze. We can't spend any extra money. And she looked at that little kid and said, I can't buy your candy bars because my tightwad husband. But here's $5, run. <laughs> I chased that little kid down. Got my candy bars. No, I wish that were true. I wish that I, I could say honestly that, that I have had that kind of discipline in my life throughout all of the years of my marriage. We haven't necessarily been able to do that. But I think that's a good suggestion and a good concept. You see, my vision for this is that every one of us would learn to say no to that two-year-old. That everyone would say no. Say no. No. Yeah, you can do that. Say no. No. Yeah, that we would learn to say no for a little while. Hear me. So that for the rest of your life you can say yes. If you do this right, then you'll position yourself out of debt, free to take care of it if it breaks, to give to somebody if you want to help, and to go if you want to go. To do what you need to do. You say no for a little while. That's what Ramsey tells us, right? Isn't that what Dave Ramsey says? I'm going to learn to say no for a little while so I can say yes for the rest of my life. I'm going to live like no one lives now. And they think that I'm just, you know, a tightwad. That's okay. Because I'm going to live like no one lives. That I know. Because I'm going to take care of things. And one day be able to say yes. I mean, you know, you can go to get your nails done once a week, ladies, if you want to. Just say no for a while, right? You're not getting your nails done for the guys anyway. You know, you're getting your nails done for the other ladies. You got to know that. Guys, they don't pay attention to that stuff. Just FYI, just so you know, you know, $5 cup of coffee. You can get one for a buck at McDonald's. Tastes pretty good too, you know. Come to church, they're free. We'll supply with all the coffee you can drink for the day anyway. Um, and and I'm, yes, a 12-year-old iPhone is still an iPhone. And I know people don't think it is. And they say to me, what is that? That's an iPhone, all right? Just, just so you know, you don't have to have the newest, neatest, fastest, best all the time. You learn to say no for a little while till you're out of debt. Then you can begin to say yes. Yes to the, the fingernails. Yes to the golf. Yes to the coffee. Learn to say no for a little while so you can say yes for the rest of your lives because we know, don't we? Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Isn't it good to give when you, when you meet someone's needs and you know you have because God has blessed you and tomorrow matters. Along with this idea of self-control is God, give me understanding. People are destroyed for their lack of knowledge, Scripture says. For our lack of knowledge of the ways of God, our lives are a mess at times. Because we've failed to have a knowledge and understanding of the ways of God. I mean, so often when it comes to to purchase us and to, to debt, we're just asking all the wrong questions. So often in our culture, we ask questions like, how, how much down? You know, how much a month? And we've gotten into that pattern of, well, you know, yeah, I can manage that monthly, right? 
I can, I can manage that month to month. But those are the wrong questions. The, the, right, the right question is something like, what's the real cost here? Really, what is this going to cost me? I mean, how much down, man, that might be important. How much a month? Not so much. What's the real cost? Credit card debt in America is now averaging across the board $16,000 per person. And I don't know if you've really thought about it. I don't know what you think about that revolving credit and how that works in your life. But let me show you real quick in some, just some simple illustrations. And these, these are numbers that I've pulled out, all right, and averaged some things out. So if you go and do the math, it'll be a little bit different. But I've averaged it out so it's approximated and it's just about right and, and, and it's for illustration only. But I want you to see this. Look at it. If, if you have that $16,000 of debt, on a credit card in America, and you pay $250 a month, it'll take you 40 years to pay that debt off on that credit card. 40 years, you'll pay it off, and you will pay approximately $105,000 in interest over those 40 years. $250 a month. Well, I can manage $250 a month, right? Yeah. And all those years later, look, but if you take that same $16,000, and, and you, you can go out and find 12% interest on that for 40 years, and you work to, to manage that money, you will have, in 40 years, $1,500,000 in the bank. And this is why I always tell you, if you're 20 years old or younger, man, get on this now. Because at 19, if you start putting $167, rounded up $170 in the bank every month, by the time you're 26 years of age, you no longer have to save for retirement. At 26 years of age, and that might sound old, but it's not, trust me. And that will amass a million and a half dollars over the next 40 years. When you're 66, you retire a millionaire. I wish somebody would have told me that when I was 19, don't you? Wouldn't that have been amazing to know that? And if you're not 19, and you know, you're 48 or 57, it doesn't matter. The point is start now. Start now to get out of debt, to manage money, to live within your means, to do what you can do. If you take that same $16,000 and you add that $250 that you can afford every month to that $16,000 for the next 40 years at 12% interest, look at it. $4 million dollars. You can live like no one lives. So, so you look at that and, you think, and I think, now, now what do you think about what honors God? Now what do you think honors Him the most with the resources that you have, that I have? I mean, we stop and we think about it and we begin to understand it. And honestly, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a pastor. I'm not a, a financial guru. I don't understand all this stuff. Uh, we've done the, the Financial Peace University here before, and I've gone through it, and Tammy and I have gone through it. And we worked really hard, and we are out of debt. Praise God. You know, but I'm not 19 anymore. I, I kind of think I am and act like that sometimes, but uh, I'm not, Right? And yet we work at it and go after it with all of our hearts. God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. Help me understand how I can manage these resources that you've given me in a way that honors you and lets me live a great life, the life you've called me to, a life that's free from bondage. 
third, I would say to you, God, give me a plan. Give me a plan for 2017, God. Give me a plan to get out of debt this year. Give me a plan to move forward this year. Give me a plan. Scripture says the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans lead to profit like haste leads to poverty. I looked up that Hebrew word for haste. It means I, I, I felt sad so I went shopping. No, it doesn't really mean that. I just made that up. But, but you can see how that might work, right? You can, you can wander your way into debt, but you'll never wander your way out. You, you can stumble in, but you won't stumble out. You can mistake your way in, but you'll never mistake your way out. That's why we all need a plan. Simple plan. You know, you know Ramsey's plan for getting out of debt? It's, it's this. He says you have to have an emergency fund. $1,000. Stop everything. Give the minimums to every one of your, your bills. Don't do anything that you don't absolutely have to do. To, you know, eat, eat ramen noodles for the next three months if you need to. And, and accumulate a minimum of $1,000 in the bank for a safety net. Your emergency fund. After you do that, then you do the debt snowball. And you can go online and you can look up that. I think at the end of your listening guide, there's a, there's a link that'll take you to that. And you can begin to do the debt snowball. And you can begin in amazing ways to just start chunking away at, at your debt and getting rid of the debt that you have. And then once you've, you've paid off all of your debt and you're out of debt, you, you begin to save. And you save and you save and you save until you have three to six months of living expenses in your bank account. That is cool. To just be able to go, ah, I'm okay now. And once you pay off your debt, and once you have that emergency fund, and those monies to live on, then you begin to invest. And he, his magic number is 15% of your income before you save for your kids' college. Because guess what? Your kids can, they can work their way through college. A lot of us did, right? You start saving that money and, until, you, until you're at 15% of your monthly annual income going into your retirement. Out of debt, no house payment. Would that be amazing? No house payment. Wow. Cumbering you. You can do it. You, you just have to be diligent. You have to make a plan. You have to decide that that's what you're going to be about. It may take you three years. It may take you five years. You just go at it. In three to five years, you're free. And living free is an amazing place to be, folks. But you've got to understand something. If you're going to get there, less is more. Have to decide that. You've got to understand something. Stress is bad. Financial stress, it eats at you. You know it does. It, it takes your life from you. It steals it from you. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow, young people, really, really does matter. It really does. It matters deeply. You'll be able to live. Can you imagine just being able at, at, at 60, 65, 70 years, just to do anything God asks you to do, to have the financial ability to just say, okay, I'll, I'll go do that. Okay, I'll go there. I'll, I'll, I'll spend. I'll, yeah, what if I've got $4 million in the bank, I'm a missionary, Right? Nobody needs to support that. I'm going to go and I'm going to live my life for him. Isn't that amazing? The freedom that that would bring to your life and my life. 
We're going to say no. We're going to say no this year. Say no to that little two-year-old inside of you who screams and cries every time it doesn't get what he or she wants. Lock them up. Now, don't let anybody hear me saying that outside these walls, all right? I'll edit that out so it doesn't go. Lock them up. Lock that little two-year-old up inside and, and make them behave themselves. So we say no for now so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. You need that new car? Just go buy that new car. Right? You need that, that, that new drill? Go buy that new drill. That new gun? Go buy that new gun. Yeah. Whatever it might be. God, give us self-control. Let's make that our prayer this year. God, give us understanding. If I don't have understanding, then I'm going to get understanding. We're going to do Financial Peace University this year. If you haven't done that, you want understanding, get in that. Now, it's more than you can get all at once. have to go through it a couple of times and have to continue to study it. I mean, I'm back at it again, studying, trying to figure out what I need to do going forward. God, give us understanding. God, give me a plan, and then I'm going to work the plan. I'm going to get a plan. I'm going to work the plan. I'm going to get $1,000 in the bank. I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm going to get six, to six months of living in, in expenses in the bank. And, and I'm going to be debt free. And I'm going to live free. See, I know, hear me, I know, I know my God, the God we serve, the God you love. He loves you. He is very, very good, this God we serve. And whenever you start to pursue him and his ways, like he asks you to, that's what we're talking about. Do the work and, and work his plan in your life. It's amazing how he begins to honor that faith. You, you don't know until you take those first couple of steps of faith. He honors the faith. It's amazing how he blesses our faithfulness. It's amazing how quickly... He begins to work in a life of the person who takes that first step. Just try it and see. He'll, he'll do what he promises he will do. And we will see significant change in life. It's called freedom. We'll be faithful. Faithful to our God. That's what I'm asking. Will you be faithful to your God? We will be faithful to our God because he has been faithful to us. And when he gave us his son, Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins, he was faithful to us. I want to say, therefore, it is reasonable for us to respond by giving him our lives. Oh, every, a resource, everything, everything I am, everything I have, all for him. So what do we know? Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters.